0: led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. Tonight on Rams Showcase, the Rams have been humbled. Plus, we have our first quarter review, and later, we preview the Rams' first divisional game of the season. Next, on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase, on Sports War Radio. What is going on, Rams fans? And welcome back to another edition of Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys today. And uh, we have some, some cool stuff to get into. Of course, we'll go into all of the latest news from from the week on a short week. We'll get into a first quarter review one quarter down, three to go. So, we will talk about the first quarter. And then, of course, we got the Rams at the Seahawks. Thursday night football, which is tomorrow at the time of this recording. But if you're hearing me on Thursday, it's game day. So, lucky you. And um, yeah, then we got a, a pretty cool Joe for you guys later on. But, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to all that good stuff later on. So, first of all, I want to get into some news with you guys, and uh, here's just a special Rams Showcase announcement for you guys, and I want to just properly introduce you guys to the newest member of the Rams Showcase family, and that is Mr. Mike Sherwood. Mike Sherwood joins Reggie Armstead as the two Rams Showcase members behind the scenes, and um, I'm going to let you guys know, I wasn't even going to tell you this. Uh, but these guys do not exist, and uh they are my alter egos. Mike is my sound guy, obviously his name's Mike. that makes sense uh Reggie he's been on the show a couple of times. You guys have heard him if you guys have heard me for uh, for a long time. We'll get him back on here pretty soon maybe maybe this year is the year that that Reggie makes his his on air return but uh Reggie is also he's uh the sound guy he's not he's the editor. And uh, Mike is a cameraman. He's responsible for all that good stuff. So, Reggie Armstead, Mike Sherwood. I'll let you guys dig into those names a little bit further if you guys want some some cooler stuff. But you guys got to do your own investigations on uh, why those names are really, really awesome. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, I want to talk about this Rams and Bucks game. And... Uh, there's a good reason that I didn't do this on Monday. I was going to record my show a little early on Monday, but I'll be completely honest with you guys, I was still a little bit frustrated, so I've let a few days pass, and now I think I'm ready to kind of assess this game and kind of talk about it a little bit, because Rams fans uh, are in full-on in full on panic mode from this game, and I can't say that I blame you but I just wanted to give you guys my thoughts on this game. So I think initially the Rams just came out with a bad game plan. And, uh, you know, that's something that we saw right away. I mean, obviously the, the Bucks jumped out ahead of the Rams uh, 21-0 early. So that was that was a difficult thing to recover from uh, despite the talent that's on this team. And, and there was moments there where, where it looked like the Rams were probably going to win that game or at least had a real shot at and tying it uh, I know on that final drive that the Rams had uh, I personally I was pretty confident that the Rams were going to get into the end zone the part that made me nervous was the the two-point conversion that the Rams would have needed to get uh, just because I haven't really seen some some really strong two-point conversion plays from this team so that was kind of worrisome to me but uh, you know of course uh, we got kind of struck and Jared Goff fumbled the football and of course of all people it had to be and sue returned the touchdown against the Rams to seal the game for the Buccaneers it just had to that's like of course that had to happen it was unfortunate and uh, I'm still not a Sue fan uh necessarily I even when he was with the Rams uh he just didn't he didn't have that that energy like I thought he was going to have, uh, like he did early in his career, but at the same time, this is something I talked about last week, that he played really well against the Lions and in the three playoff games for the Rams, so I was expecting him to have a pretty decent day. Of course he didn't, but he did have that touchdown return, so that kind of, uh, he made his impact, that's that's for sure. Uh, Sean McVay got vastly out coached by Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians is an experienced coach, Of course, he did have some time away from the game, former Cardinals head coach, but uh, he outcoached Sean McVay. He had a better game plan, and the Rams just didn't make the adjustments properly. Um, Let's see here. Uh, The offense uh, had had absolutely no balance in that game. Um, When you have your quarterback, Jared Goff, throwing 68 times, and your running back, Todd Gurley, only running the football five times, that is not a good balance. And this offense needs balance to be successful. Jared Goff thrives off the play action. But if you run the football five times with Todd Gurley, that's hard to get that rhythm going. And of course he threw three interceptions. He threw two and a half games worth of throws. I mean, of course he had three interceptions. You know, the game, uh, the stat line didn't look as strong, I guess, because of those three interceptions. But you know when you when you throw sixty eight passes having three picked off is not that insane. It's unfortunate, but you know Jared Goff accounting for four turnovers that can't happen and you know in a in a two possession game, four turnovers by by the quarterback that can't happen and in the first quarter, only one rushing play, and that was a gadget play that went to Cooper cup for a loss of i believe it was it was one or two yards. And, you know, that that can't happen either. You have to establish that run game early. It's the first quarter of the game, and you're just basically saying, uh, we're throwing all day. That's basically just what we told Tampa Bay is. We're just going to throw this—we're just going to throw the football all day. Jared Goff should absolutely never throw that many passes in a game, and this is coming from a Jared Goff supporter. I love Jared Goff. I was happy when we drafted him. I liked him at Cal, and— I still am on the side that Jared Goff should never throw that many passes in a game. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that should, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Historically in the NFL, I would say there's maybe 10 that you should have throwing 68 times a game. That's absolutely outrageous to me. Uh, The Rams were not ready for the Bucs game plan and did not adjust soon enough. And that is absolutely a coaching error. So uh, on the defensive side of the football, Wade Phillips is a good coach. And he does make those adjustments usually there at halftime. This time, it should have happened much sooner. Uh, Chris Godwin absolutely ate up the Rams secondary and was all over the place. I think he just caught another pass uh, as I recorded this. It was absolutely insane, and there was no adjustment made until later in the game, but he was still able to get open, uh, so I, I think the attention was really on Mike Evans, and who didn't really have a big day at all, uh, but Chris Godwin absolutely exploded and had way too many yards receiving against this Rams secondary, which is a good secondary. This is actually, uh, based on how this game was going to go, I was going to come out and say that the Los Angeles defense nickname should be coming back this year. Uh, they tried to get it going last year, it didn't work out, but after that game, I think we got to wait a little bit until we can call this defense Los Angeles, like the, the Rams secondary coined last year. Uh, My other observation, the sky is not falling. The Rams will still make the playoffs. The Buccaneers still will not make the playoffs. This game does not define the Rams' season. The Rams did get humbled in this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but by no means does a week four loss destroy your season. Yes, it was a bad loss. Yes, it didn't look good in many regards giving up 55 points to one of the, not I don't want to say one of the worst teams in the NFL, but a bottom half team in the NFL. That's not a good look. But getting humbled in week four is a lot better than getting humbled in the Super Bowl like the Rams did last year. You know, I remember watching last year in, in the back-to-back losses to the Bears and the Eagles uh, the last season. It was near the end of the season. I want to say that those were weeks 14-15, I uh, could be uh, off there by, by a week or two, but uh, it was late in the season. And that was a moment where that was a scary moment losing two games at that time. That was like, okay, crap. Like we've been amazing all year. Now our offense can't really get, get it going. We're having, having some struggles. That was a scary moment. This is week four and there is 12 more games that this team needs to play before the playoffs even begin. That is plenty of time to get this back on track I think this team is going to be okay. I still see, you know, a twelve and four, a thirteen and three, a eleven and five. I, I, the Rams are still going to end in that little gap. I think at the low end, the Rams win ten games this year. High end, I could still see the Rams winning fourteen. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I do think it's a possibility. But the sky is not falling. This the Rams got humbled early in the season this year, not in the Super Bowl. Of course, I, I did mention the the Eagles and Bears games last year. That wasn't necessarily as humbling, I think, as this game, because uh, those those opponents last year, we knew that those were good opponents, so we knew that those were going to be tough games. This game, the Rams, on paper, should have blown out the Buccaneers. Unfortunately, games are not played on paper, because if they are, or if they were played on paper, we would see a Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, I'm sure, uh, depending on who you're asking. If you're asking me, that's exactly what it would be, and that's actually my pick for the Super Bowl this year, is a, is a Rams-Patriots Super rematch so we'll see what happens but you know uh, that's that's a a little ways away Uh, but getting humbled in week four is a lot better than getting humbled in the Super Bowl where you have no chance to recover from it so this is going to be an interesting an interesting rebound for the Rams and we will see exactly how good of a coach Sean McVay is tomorrow night on Thursday night football against the Seahawks we'll see exactly how good of a coach he is if this team comes out flat if Jared Goff still isn't, you know, if he's still looking shaky, if the defense has given up a lot of yards to to one or multiple players, then I I wouldn't say it's time to hit the panic button on Sean McVay or anything. Uh, but that's where we'll really see. You know, is is this the guy we thought we hired? Is this the guy that when uh, when he entered the the Rams uh, in 2000 uh, or just a couple years ago he changed everything. The culture changed everything. And Rams fans absolutely lit up with this excitement. So, you know, 2017, he comes in double digit wins. It was a very exciting time. And Rams fans, media, everybody is like, this kid is amazing. And now we'll really get to see how amazing he is. I do think that this is a good little transition to kind of see, you know, how, how much control does he really have in that locker room How much are these guys really listening to him? Because uh, the way that Sean McVay talks, the way that he conducts himself, uh, we we think that uh, according to history, uh, I know it's a short history, but based on what we know about this team and what we know about our coaching staff, the Rams should have a pretty good game this week against the Seahawks. It's a division game. We know each other. That should be good, and the Rams typically play pretty well against the Seahawks. The, the Rams have won seven of the last nine against the Seahawks, which is pretty good news uh, coming off of a pretty rough stretch before that, but this is really where we're going to be able to see. Uh, we're going to get a nice little sample of, of Sean McVay and, and how well he can adjust coming off of a loss like that. The loss like that is my, my biggest thing right now because that was, a, that was a rough one. It was a very frustrating loss. You could see in Todd Gurley's press conferences, he's not happy. Fans are not happy. Fans, by the way, want Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Sean McVay, Les Snead, Wade Phillips. They want everybody gone now based on one game. I'm not going to go to that extreme, and I don't think the sky is falling. Uh, This is, though, I want to mention, this is the first time since Sean McVay has been hired as the Rams head coach that the Rams are not in first place or at least tied for first place in the NFC West, and not only are the Rams not in first place, the Rams are not even in second place. Of course, they do have that same 3-1 record with the Seattle Seahawks, but the Seahawks are 1-0 in the division with a win over the Arizona Cardinals. So so they technically hold that that second spot right now, but the Rams can adjust and, and get back into first place with a win this weekend and a Cleveland Browns uh, win on Monday Night Football Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Next up in the news, uh, Pro Football Focus. It's a very respected grading system. They have currently graded the Rams offensive line 32nd in the NFL. That is dead last. Uh, The grade was, I believe, 40.7. I saw it for just a second, just a couple days ago. And uh, that's not good. That uh, That is not good. But I would say that 32nd is a little extreme. I don't think that this is the worst offensive line in the NFL, uh, but of course, PFF, it's not perfect. There are, you know, uh, some really good systems that they have over there to, to grade players, to grade units, to grade teams, but obviously the Rams do not have the worst offensive line in football. So, you know, this PFF, was, Pro Football Focus, was started by just a couple of friends and there There is the that little aspect of not necessarily, I don't want to say bias, but just a little little glitch in the system where it's not one hundred percent accurate. and it's kind of based a little bit off of what the what the people that are putting in the numbers are seeing. So uh, keep that in mind, but uh, currently, last place for the Rams offensive line. Uh, let me see here. Also, uh, this is kind of just an interesting stat, and uh, I wasn't even going to put this in because this is clearly something that I usually would not care about, but it, I did find it a little interesting. Obviously, the Rams sit at 3-1 and one right now, but uh, we are one one quarter through the season, uh, but if the season ended today, the Rams wouldn't even be in the playoffs. That's how strong the NFC is right now. Even with a 3-1 and one record, no division games in that, so that kind of doesn't help the Rams' case at all, but uh, you know, be, missing the playoffs is where we would be at right now. But the Rams are three and one. That's not going to happen. I have one hundred percent confidence that the Rams will make the postseason this year. Uh, I I don't even think it would be as a wild card. I don't think that I don't think that that losing the NFC West is something that's going to happen. I of course it's possible. The Seahawks are playing some pretty good football. The 49ers have have won games. That's what I'll say. uh, Their opponents haven't necessarily been top tier, but uh, we get two games against them. So obviously uh, the fate is still in in our own hands, which is is really good. Let's take a look at this uh, first quarter review. I do have uh, some stats here for you and some uh, current projections, but uh, we'll also go through my assessment of the first quarter. So of course, with a 3-1 and record, the Rams are on pace for a 12-4 and finish. Jared Goff has 1,254 uh, passing yards, 6 touchdowns, 6 picks. That puts him on pace to pass for over 5,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 24 picks. Uh, so, I mean, 5,000, that's actually a number that I said uh, that I had Jared Goff pegged at uh, for a 5,000-yard season. He is currently on pace for that, but keep in mind, he did he did have 68 passes in one of those games, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has the second most pass attempts in the NFL now, and he was middle of the pack uh, coming into week four. Uh, see, Todd Gurley has 219 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He is on pace for 876 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, the Rams do currently have three wide receivers on pace for 1,000 yards. Uh, which isn't overly surprising to most people, but Cooper Cup at 388, three touchdowns. He's on pace for over 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Robert Woods has not caught a touchdown pass, but has 307 receiving yards. That puts him over 1,200 projected. And Brandon Cook's 296, one touchdown. That puts him on pace for almost 1,200 yards and four receiving touchdowns we'll see if those numbers shift here in the next quarter of the season Uh, clay matthews is on pace for 20 sacks as he currently has five eric Weddle on pace to lead the rams in tackles with 80 currently has 20 and john johnson leading the rams in interceptions with two he is on pace for eight interceptions on the season and this is my assessment of the first quarter of the of the season uh, so I basically have this all written out. So if I sound a little bit scripted, I do apologize. I'll do my best, but I have some points here that I wanted to make sure that I make. Uh, so the Rams in the first quarter have not looked as strong as we expected, even with the three and one record. This team has yet to pull uh, to put in a full game. Like it hasn't all come together in just a complete game for this team. This year's identity seems to have shifted from a year ago. Uh, to now more of a defensive team, less of an offensive explosion team, but more of a defensive team and, and kind of suffocating the the offense, barring that, taking out that one game, especially now this offense still has plenty of firepower. And we have seen that in short spurts this season. So far, uh, the Rams will need to get all three phases working well together at the same time. If a deep playoff run is expected overall, the first quarter of the season was not bad but the rams fans expectations have soared to heights that i'm not sure are attainable the 2018 la rams were one of the better teams in this franchise's history but to repeat that success this year this team needs to have an offensive player some kind of leadership on the offensive side of the football really take control and lead this team the rams have not gone uh the rams have not gone too deep into their bag of tricks yet and still have some weapons that they have yet to really unleash this season. Mainly, I'm thinking of wide receiver Josh Reynolds and running back Daryl Henderson. Getting these guys involved in the final three quarters of the season could be the difference. This Rams team is still built to make a Super Bowl run, but the sloppy football needs to be minimized in order to make that happen. Those are my thoughts on this first quarter that we have made it through. We've got three more quarters to go and then hopefully some playoff games that'll be fun to watch. Uh, but right now, I think it's time we take a look at this game preview. We've got the LA Rams at the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday. This game will be uh, it's uh, scheduled NFL Network, Fox, and Amazon. Uh, so I'll be watching on Fox. I'm sure most of us will. It'll be nationally televised, of course. I did not post a distribution map because the rams are in prime time we don't need a distribution map Uh, So we got that going for us. Uh, Seahawks are currently favored by one. It opened up as a pick'em, and the over-under sits at 49. The weather in this game could be a factor. At kickoff, we're looking at about 57 degrees, 43% chance of precipitation. And at the end of the game, we're looking at about 54 degrees, 24% chance of precipitation. Those numbers have gone up since I checked on Monday, so we'll see how it kind of plays out. I am expecting uh, kind of a gloomy day in Seattle for this game. Uh, the Seahawks will be in their all green jerseys uh, uniforms and the Rams will be wearing their all whites of course the the Rams uniform schedule has been released so we know what the Rams are wearing every game uh, but most teams don't release a uniform schedule so uh, the Seahawks being in green that actually was just published uh, that was I believe yesterday that that was published Uh, so the Rams can take over first place with a win and a 49ers loss to the Browns on Monday night football but keep in mind it is week five being in first place in week five doesn't win you any prizes you don't get anything for being in first place in week five uh, don't tell 49ers fans that though because they are uh, they've won the Super Bowl already and uh, Bucks fans too they have just won the Super Bowl so you gotta watch out for them let's take a look at the matchup of this game We've got the Rams offense versus the Seahawks defense uh, in total yards, the Rams' offense is 7th, the Seahawks' defense is 8th. Good matchup there. Running the football, the Rams are 22nd, a large part uh, to, in that is uh, the Rams' averages got really taken down against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, against the run, though, the Seahawks' defense ranks 6th. Passing the football, the Rams are 4th, the Seahawks' defense is 16th. And points per game, the Rams rank 6th, and the Seahawks' defense is 14th. On the flip side of the football, we got the Seahawks offense versus the Rams defense. In total yards, we got the Seahawks are 13th. The Rams are tied for 10th. So even with that absolute offensive explosion that they gave up to the Buccaneers, still in the top 10, or tied for the top 10 at least in total defense Uh, against the run the Seahawks are 16th in in running the football against the run the Rams are 9th passing the football the Seahawks rank 11th Rams defense is 15th and points per game this is definitely a skewed number with only a four game sample size but the Seahawks offense is 9th in points scored and the Rams defense currently ranks 26th so let's take a look at the 3-2-C in this game We've got Russell Wilson versus the Rams secondary. Russell Wilson has yet to throw an interception this season. The Rams secondary got eaten alive by a far inferior quarterback, Jameis Winston. Uh, So I'm really looking to see if this secondary can get back on track against Russell Wilson. And uh, a pick or two would be pretty nice. Uh, Wilson has not thrown one yet this year. The next up, we got the Rams' offensive line versus the Seahawks' front seven. The Rams' offensive line has not really given Goff, Goff enough time, even though sometimes he requires quite a bit. Uh, Havenstein and Witt will be uh, handling Jadavian Clowney off the edge and uh, Ziggy Ansah as well. So uh, that's going to be a tough task for for those guys. Uh, Witt definitely not looking as strong as he did last year, but still playing some pretty good football. Uh, Bobby Wagner is one of the better linebackers in the NFL, and that second-level blocking on run plays is going to be critical in getting the run game going, which I think is going to be heavily featured in this game coming off of last week. I hope the Rams don't just rely on the run game, though, to get the ball moving. Uh, coming off of that that last week, an overcorrection would not be good here. And I'm looking at the Rams pass rush versus the Seahawks offensive line. The Rams do have a pretty strong history of sacking Wilson. Almost, I want to say I, I, haven't, I haven't checked updated numbers, but I want to say it's like almost a quarter of Wilson's career sacks are against the Rams or something. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. The percentages, it's 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 absurd. The Rams could like not sack Wilson for like a few matchups and. Uh, he'd still have more sacks against the Rams than than any other team. Well, let's see. Uh oh, yeah, left left tackle Dwayne Brown for the Seahawks might not play. That means Clay, Dante, and Aaron could see some pretty good games getting after Wilson. But I think this also not only looking at the Rams pass rush, we have to look at the Rams secondary because we've seen uh, because of this Rams pass rush and the the ability to get there really quick with guys like Clay, Dante, and Aaron. It's it's one of those situations where people and the Seahawks do this as well is just get rid of the ball as fast as you can. So I think it's going to come down to the secondary as well. And hopefully, hopefully on every single play, we don't play 10 yards off the receivers like we did against Tampa Bay. So that should be important there as well. Uh, That's going to do it, though, for your game preview and your three to see, Uh, see if I missed anything I want to go back over. Uh, No, I don't think I did. Well, decent decently short show for you guys today. We didn't get too crazy. I kind of I feel like I, I had a lot more to say, but I don't think I skipped anything, so that's good news. Good news. Uh so let's get into our Joe Stradamus pick. This week for the Joe Stradamus pick, I'm going to go with a with something a little interesting, okay? Cuz let me let me just check last week's. Uh, I forgot to post it in here. So, uh, last week I said that uh, Jared Goff would have 326, three touchdowns, one interception. I was not in on that one. Uh, Jared Goff threw for over 500, three interceptions. So I did not nail that one. Let's see how I do this week. Uh, I've yet to really nail a weekly pick on my Joe Stradamus, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this is the game that we see the Rams unleash running back Daryl Henderson. I think that the conversation this weekend and into next week will be Daryl Henderson is a pretty damn good running back and the Rams have three running backs that they can get the ball to and so why is Jared Goff throwing 68 times in a game when the Rams have three running backs who can be productive that's going to be my pick I don't have a stat line for you guys but I'm going to say that Daryl Henderson gets on the field this week and and does some stuff. I'm going to say he does some stuff, alright? But I also do think that there is potential for Todd Gurley to have a pretty good game coming off of a game where he only had the five carries. He did have some catches but uh, you can tell that he is frustrated. If you watched his press conferences this week, you can tell he is a frustrated person right now and I do think that this is a game going into the second quarter of the season. It is a short week but Rams do have a break, of course, after this not playing on Sunday, so Uh, So I do think that this this game does have potential for Todd Gurley to get a decent amount of touches, Uh, but Daryl Henderson, I'm thinking that this is the week. It's going to happen soon. If it doesn't happen this week, uh, that's going to happen soon. I think that the the Rams will get Daryl Henderson involved pretty quick. Uh, uh, Based on what the Rams do offensively with those zone runs and screen passes, Daryl Henderson fits into that mold really well. So I think that it's only a matter of time until we really see him touch the field. And when he does, I think we're going to see something pretty good. And you can comment on how he looked in preseason, all you want to, but not a single starter on the offensive line played. He didn't have any any starters on, on offense at all. Uh, he, so he didn't really have the blocking. He didn't have the ability to really, to really light it up, but this kid has a lot of talent. He averaged eight yards per carry in college throughout his career. That is not just, you know, a couple of games or a senior season, anything like that. That is his career, eight yards per carry. You get this guy in some space. He is definitely an exciting player. So I'm interested to see if this is the one that we see him or if it might be a couple weeks out, but uh we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, I did miss one note here that I actually didn't didn't write down. Oh, but this is just kind of a side note. Uh the Rams and 49ers game in week 6, it, we're past the date now that it, that teams would have need to be notified if it was going to get flexed into primetime Sunday night football and it did not happen. So, we are going to have a normal kickoff time for that one. Uh, no adjustments are being made. Uh, for that game. So it will still be at the regular time, not Sunday Night Football. There were a, there were a lot of conversations that that one had potential to get flexed into prime time, but it did not happen. So maybe later on in the season, uh, we do have a game against them that actually doesn't have a date yet. Uh, that one could, could be flexed. I believe that's week 16, if I'm not mistaken, but they don't even know if that's going to be a Saturday or a Sunday game. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. But this one, week six against the 49ers, will not be flexed. So Um, just some housekeeping duties for you guys real fast before I get get out of here. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase everywhere. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase, and the YouTube channel. I've been posting videos. Uh, I'm hoping that I have some time today to put together my Seahawks and Rams game trailer. Uh, that is the goal the second that this, this episode gets published. you guys are hearing me, that means I'm probably editing that video right now and hopefully that will get posted to the Rams Showcase Facebook page as well as the YouTube channel. But Make sure you guys subscribe to that YouTube channel. But that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Baggs. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.